0: Hi there, this is Roma Waterman and you're listening to Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. I'm believing this podcast will help you to understand and flow in the power of Holy Spirit-led worship in your church and in your private worship time. In this podcast, you're going to get a big dose of theological foundations, personal stories and practical applications that you can implement straight away to activate the power of prophetic worship that will bring healing, breakthrough and deliverance in your communities and your personal life. I hope as you listen, you'll also feel inspired and empowered. This is Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. Hi there and welcome to Release the Sound podcast. I am so glad that you are here with me today. I want to ask you a question. And that question is, why do you think the enemy is so after worship? Or maybe we can rephrase that question to, why do you think the enemy is so after your song? Maybe you've asked that question or maybe you've never even thought about it but I'm pretty sure if you are involved in worship in any shape or form there's been times when you felt intimidated you felt like what you had to release wasn't important maybe you felt like your song was kind of stuck in your throat you weren't really releasing what you knew you could and I want to talk about why that happens and what you can do and the power of your song I want to share this because I know firsthand the importance of it. I have had my own voice attacked. I have had seasons in my life where I have thought that what I had to share through worship didn't matter. But when I finally got a revelation of the importance of my voice coming to the table, there was so much more power that got released As I led worship and as I moved in the prophetic, and I want that for you today. And I want to say to you if you're not a songwriter, don't worry, we're not just talking about writing songs here. We are talking about the value of the song of your life, what you have to release in your life as a worship leader today. And I want to talk to you about why that's important, why the enemy is so after your song and why you need to keep singing it. And if you stay tuned to the end, I'm also going to pray with anybody that feels like they've lost their song or lost their joy. So hang tight and let's get into the podcast all around. Why is the enemy so after your song? As I begin to share, I want to share about an amazing man you may or may not have heard of, an indigenous man to Norway. They're called the Sami people. His name was Arild, or his name is Arild, an amazing guy. I've had the privilege of meeting this incredible worshipper and hearing his testimony. This is a guy who almost had his voice shut down when he gave his life to the Lord as a young man and what he did and what happened when his song was released so he was sharing once with me that when he was about 10 years old he used to do something that the Sami people did called yoiking j-o-i-k-i-n-g and that was when they would just sing with this guttural sort of indigenous sound in the throat that sounds pretty incredible i got to hear that as well And he was sharing that when he was 10 years old, when he was a young boy, he often would go up to the mountains and he would yoik over the mountains. And he never felt more at home than when he was releasing this sound. A few years pass, he becomes born again. He gives his life to Jesus. And he started to ask the question, can I yoik for Jesus. Now you might be laughing right now because it just sounds so unusual, but you know, people tried to shut him down. There were white folk that said to him, you can't be Sammy and be a Christian. You cannot use those indigenous sounds that are on your life and part of your culture and still be a Christian. And he was devastated. He was absolutely devastated until he had a revelation from the Lord himself that he could yoik for Jesus. Now, When he had that revelation and he went back to the Sami people to share this, you know, every church shut their door to him. People didn't believe in what he was saying. They couldn't understand it. But the Sami people, he he shares about how they were weeping because they realised they could release the song that was part of them as worship to the Lord. And then he shares about how... As he just started preaching the gospel and sharing the gospel and still loving the Lord as a semi-person, he got invited to many different countries. He talked about going to Russia and people bringing sick people to the meetings from their hospital beds in ambulances and taking them to the meetings and then being radically healed. He's got some amazing stories. The thing that I love about Arild is he never let his song die. He never stopped singing the song of his life that the Lord had placed on him, that carried his testimony. And today this is a man I have huge respect for, who loves the Lord with all his heart, but there are signs and wonders following. And I want the same for you. You might not be Indigenous listening to this, or maybe you are, but I don't want your song to die. You have something that resonates with with the people that you're called to. And the devil is a song thief. I'll tell you right now, he is always trying to take away your song. He tries to steal it through circumstances, sickness, through illness. He tries to rob you of your destiny. Why is this the case? Why is he so after your songs? Well, you know what? There's a scripture, there's a psalm that we can see a little bit of why this might be the case. And it's Psalm 149, which shows the primary powers of a song. And it starts with, you may know this scripture, it starts with praise the Lord, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song. And most of you who have been in worship ministry for a long time will know that praise is the Hebrew word halal, H-A-L-A-L, which basically means go totally crazy for God, like totally freak out for God, like you're Football teams winning the grand final. It's like be just totally out of your mind worshipping him. It's the most expressive and extravagant form of praise for God. And so the scripture starts, praise the Lord. So imagine that. And it continues, sing to the Lord a new song and praise him in the assemblies of his saints. And it just sounds like this joy and there's a party going on. Verse 2, let Israel rejoice in their maker. Verse 3, let them praise his name with the dance. Let him sing praises to him with the timbrel and the harp. And this keeps going, just saying how awesome God is. Verse 6, let the high praises of God be in them mouths then we get to verse seven and there's a bit of a change this is how it goes verse seven to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with the fetters of iron to execute on them the written judgment this honor has all the saints praise the lord now I don't know about you, but that's crazy to me. It starts off saying, hey, awesome God is and how everything is amazing and they're all happy, and then it starts to talk about vengeance and punishment and binding kings. So this actual passage in Scripture has two tones on it. Why? Why do we see these two tones? Well, you know what I believe? I believe we're seeing two sides to the power of your song. One side is this power of thanksgiving and rejoicing and delight. But the other side, now listen to me as I say this, the other side is that your song has the power to transform cities and overtake armies. Your song can bind kings with chains. Just let that sink in for a moment. We have the power of this song on our lips right now. And, you know, the other thing that really comes to mind as I think about this, the power of this song to rejoice and to give thanks, but also to bind kings with chains makes me realize that my joy and delight is not just about you or me, your joy and delight is not just about you or me. Your joy and your delight affects governments. It affects the powers of the earth. It's a double-edged sword in your mouth. It binds kings. It can release punishments. Now, you might think I'm crazy, but let me read some other examples of how the power of a song in the Bible, how how the Israelites understood that it was connected. Have a listen to this. Psalm 137 starts like this. Beside the rivers of Babylon, we sat and we wept as we thought of Jerusalem, so they'd been taken captive. We put away our liars, hanging them on the branches of the willow trees, for there our captors demanded a song of us Our tormentors requested a joyful hymn. They said, sing us one of those songs of Jerusalem and listen to what they said in verse 4. But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while we are in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill upon the harp. May my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I fail to remember you. If I don't make Jerusalem my highest joy. Now, this is crazy. I think this is amazing that when their captors said to them, sing us a song, and they said, how can we sing the song of the Lord in a foreign land? You know why they couldn't, why they felt that they couldn't? because they understood that their song was connected to their city. Wow. So they were saying to God, if I forget my responsibility to the city, take away my talent, let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. This is so powerful to understand that our song is not just about us. Our worship, you might think in your little churches or your big churches or your worship time at home when nobody's listening is just about you but it's not it's also about the city that you're in it's in the nation it's about the nation that you are in and just like the israelites had songs that had power over regions our song has power over the land wow now can you understand why the enemy is so after songs. If you're not singing, your city is suffering. And this is why it's so important for you to praise. It's about your nation. It's about your family. Here's another reason why the enemy is so after your songs. You'll know this story. Acts 16, verse 25, where it talks about Paul and Silas being in the prison, says, but at midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. A tiny little sentence there that we often overlook. Suddenly there was an earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors opened, Supposing the prisoners had flew, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul said, Don't do yourself any harm. We are here. Just imagine this story. Imagine yourself in this story for a moment. Paul and Silas are in prison, they're singing away. And what's happening? The prisoners are listening to them. The prisoners are listening to the sound. And the same thing is happening today, my friend. Satan is trying to steal your song because he knows that prisoners are listening. There are people who are coming to your churches who are bound. There are people that are struggling with suicide, depression, illness, family issues, that as you begin to release a song, the sound is releasing freedom. It is opening prison doors. How pretty cool is that? And how cool is it that the atmosphere was overturned through their song? And that is exactly the same for you. Psalm 37, you know, it says that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he gives us the desires of your heart. Well, I want to say today, that the enemy, how does he take away your dream? He steals your song. So you can't delight in the Lord and see the dreams of your heart fulfilled. But in the name of Jesus, I declare and I decree over you today that your strength is coming back. Your delight is coming back. Your song is coming back. So here's our summary of what we just shared. Why is the enemy so after songs? Number one, it has the power to bind and release in areas of government and leadership. Number two, it's connected to your city. Your song is connected to your city. Number three, the prisoners are listening and it sets them free. And number four, it brings joy and strength to you. I hope you realize how important it is, the song that you are singing I want to ask you today, have you hung up your song? Were you like the Israelites who said, how can we sing the song of the Lord in a foreign land? Are you going, how can I keep singing when my heart is full of sorrow? How can I keep singing when I have nothing left to gain? Well, I want to say to you, Satan's going to try to use those circumstances to put your song into captivity, but he is not going to win because you know what? He can't actually really steal your song. You can hang it up. You can hang it up on those trees. You can let it be stolen. We can respond to our sickness or our circumstances and forget the power of our songs because it is so all-consuming when things trouble us and when things come our way. I totally get that. But I want to say to you, the power of your song is so powerful don't stop singing. The devil is a song thief because he knows the power of a song sometimes better than we do. And so it's time today to awake to the power of your song. You know, as I was praying about this podcast today, I thought about many of you who maybe are feeling like your song's sort of stuck in your throat. And sometimes that can emerge as a physical problem. You know, I know people who have had spiritual issues and they just can't get the song out of their throat they can't sing like they used to if I be transparent again I'm being very transparent in this podcast but I've had that in my own life as well there's been seasons in my life where my voice didn't sound the same and I couldn't sing like I used to and really if I got to the core of it it was because I didn't value the power of what I had to release myself and so if you're feeling like that today I just want to pray for you as we end this podcast and release a new fresh sound and song that will just bubble forth out of you. So Father God, I just thank you for everybody that's listening to this podcast today and that if anybody right now has hung up that song, if they've not valued the sound, if they've not understood that it's connected to their city and that the prisoners are listening right now, we just break that stronghold in the name of Jesus, we declare that voice to be unlocked. We declare that sound to be unlocked in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, you're restoring hope again. You're restoring life again. And that the song that comes out of their mouth from this day forward will be full of power and authority no matter what life throws at them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, my friends, and I pray that a new day dawns upon you as you release the power of your song. Thanks so much for listening to Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. If you're hungry for more, head to RomaWaterman.com where you can check out my book, Releasing Heaven's Song, Singing Over Your Nation for Breakthrough and Revival. It includes activations that you can use with your team or even on your own. And I've also got an online school where we have several courses on the prophetic, worship, spirituality, and creativity. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. And until then, I pray that you will release the song of heaven over your family, your church, and even your nation. And I look forward to sharing with you in the next Release the Sound Prophetic Worship podcast.